You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 24 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli, and with me, as always, Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello. And we are psyched. Today is March 30th, and spring has finally arrived. I mean, here in upstate New York, it is 52 degrees, which for some people, you might still have the, the jackets and the sweaters on, but here it's gorgeous. I went for a walk this morning. Beautiful weather here. How about where you guys are? It, we had a big thunderstorm here in Dallas last night, but yesterday was gorgeous. We went to the Arboretum, and the Dallas Arboretum every year plants over um, 500,000 tulip bulbs. So it was really, really impressive. It was a great day to go do that. Oh, that sounds so pretty. It, it really was. So how about you, Vicki? Well, Vicki, it's always nice in California. It's not always, but it has been lately. It's been a mid-70s. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I can't do the cold winters anymore. I know my family is in Maine, and they are just about had it, you know, between the snow and the ice and the cold. Oh, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be 56 tomorrow here, but then we're down to 37 with possible snow on Wednesday. Yeah. <sighs> snow? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> in, yeah, April, the last snow of the spring. Yeah, but then Thursday, 52. So if it does snow, it's it's going to be gone. I mean, the good thing about this winter for us has been we've had several snowstorms, but what happens is if we get eight inches of snow, it's gone by the time the next snowfall. So we haven't had cumulative snow like you do in years past. It's just been, it snows, it goes away. It snows, it goes away. In fact, we were in Florida last week, my husband and I, day before we left, we got eight inches of snow. Wow. And we went to Florida where it was only in the 60s. So for us, it, it was chilly. I mean, for them, it was freezing. The family and friends that we were visiting, they were cold. We were still walking around in sandals and shorts. <laughs> we're like, yes, it's 60 degrees. But I mean, I was disappointed because I wanted to sit out in the sun and get, you know, have a little bit of a tan. And I pretty much wore a sweatshirt jacket most of the time because it was still a little bit chilly. Yeah. But it was still nicer than it was up here. It's all, it's all relative, though. It is. I mean, when I lived in Maine, 40s, I would have my convertible top down. I mean, it was. I would probably have it down till about 38 because I got stopped. I got stopped once by um, a policeman. He and I didn't. Do, I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but he he basically said after he took my license and registration, he said, "I just wanted to see who was nuts enough to have their top down at 38 <laughs> degrees." <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, it's okay. You know, the seats are heated. I have a coat on. You know, I love the wind through my hair. But, you know, I, it's interesting because when you live in a hot environment, um, you know, you get cold at 40. You know, 40 is cold when you right. live most of the year in a very hot environment. 50 so is really cold interesting. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, see, yeah, it depends. Like right now, 50 is warm for us because we're used to the cold. But come October, if it's 50... The heat goes on, the sweaters go on, because we're used to the 80 and 90. Yeah. Right. 40 so like is said, a night cold in the winter here, you know, so. Well, because of the springtime, we, just, we thought that it would be a good idea to talk about gardening. 
me and my brown thumb. <laughs> so this should be interesting because when I plant something, it doesn't grow. <laughs> Same way with me. Um, I'm terrible. Though I can do marigolds. Usually I do marigolds okay. We put those around the deck. Oh, I thought you said miracles. (laughs) Well, we do need a miracle for me. I mean, I'm the kind of person that you could have a plant that your great-grandmother started and has been passed around generations and generations, totally indestructible. Give it to me. It will be destructed. (laughs) Yeah, my mom will grow cactuses in the winter. Oh, cactuses grow well in the winter, actually. No? (laughs) Cactuses actually do. No wonder. Yeah, I mean, there are some people, they have the tender, loving care. They can they can plant the beautiful flowers. They've got gorgeous gardens and house plants. I buy something, and within a month, my husband just looks at me. He's like, what did you do to it? Or what didn't you do to it? It's like, I swear I watered it. I water it too much. I water it not enough. I put it in the sun. I don't put it in the sun. I mean, whatever. It just... You know how you put like a, like a you have a beautiful hanging basket next to your front door. You go to the nursery; it's gorgeous. Within a month, it's scraggly, and it's, <laughs> so I just stopped doing it. I just stopped doing it. I've been very fortunate that I have had fabulous master gardener friends. So my girlfriend Cindy in Oregon, a call out, a shout out to her. She, I mean, her, I mean, Oregon, as you know, is a very, very wet, damp climate, and. Her gardens are just exquisite. She she just, and she has a real affinity for plants. Like she pays attention to them. So when she puts them in a particular area of her yard, her deck, she'll look to see if they're happy. And that's kind of given me that inkling to look at, pay more attention to plants and see if they're happy where you have them. I've done that a lot with my house plants. But she has just an incredible yard of fuchsia, which are just mm. gorgeous. And yeah. then my two friends in Maine, they were master gardeners. They actually went through the master gardener um, course in Maine, and their gardens were just literally to die for. We used to go over and paint them, you know, um, do some watercolor and oil painting. And then I've been fortunate. Um, Nemo's um, wife, John Nemo from my Mac, his wife Barbie is a master gardener. And you cannot believe what she does in a desert climate. You walk into their backyard, and it's just like this beautiful oasis. She has, and you know, all of these people know the Latin names of the plants. I always feel so insecure because they're, oh, this is Plumeria and blah, 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 the Latin name. But what I get from them with their vast uh, knowledge of plants and and, and, that, and the particular zones that they're they're making their gardens in is that they really pay attention to um, you know what goes well in shade what grows better in the full sun especially in a, a hot environment you know like Dallas and in Tucson so you know I've gotten a lot of information from them and I've just kind of filed it away and when we came here to Dallas I brought all my citrus trees which was a Meyer lemon a calamundan a fig tree and a pomegranate and all my antique roses and here they are just going crazy I had to put them in the garage my fruit trees because citrus are so uh, sensitive to the frost but knock on wood, I am ha- going to have a bumper crop. They're all in full bloom, and the yard just smells fabulous. So mm. thank you, Barbie. Thank you for all my past friends helping me out with my brown thumb because I don't <laughs> have a very much a green thumb. But I'm getting there. I'm learning. So, And I, I admire gardens very much. I just oh, yeah. admire flowers and the lushness of a garden. I'm one of those people I appreciate the beauty of a garden, not the work that goes into it. Me I too. just wish I could afford to have a gardener come or first a landscaper 
to just dig up what we already have and just say, okay, in Europe, with the, where you know the trees that are out there and the sun that's you know where the sun is in the sky and blah blah blah, you should have these bushes and these trees and these flowers and plant them for me and then have a gardener come once a week to do the weeding and the upkeep. That's a dream when I win the 250 million Powerball. Well, I, I have a gardener and I'm not rich, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I just can't do yard work. And I'm lucky my, the previous owner of my house had already planted a bunch of things in the yard and my gardener maintains it because I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, one way to help you if you are new to gardening or if you have a brown thumb like we seem to have, or at least me, I won't speak for everybody else is you can go to your local cooperative extension. And everything that we talk about will be in the show notes, so you can look this up. But when you go to the main page of cooperative extension, it's got a a picture of the United States map, and you click on your state. So I'm clicking on New York, and then it has a map of all the different offices within your state. So you just click on the link for your particular area. And when I open up mine, even has a Facebook page. And it gives you... um, Uh, 4-H information, Master Gardener program information. It has pictures of gardens, places where you can ask a Master Gardener questions. It has, uh, like, come join us, rain or shine, for Garden Education Day, which isn't going to be in May. So it's got a lot of information to help you plant your garden. So that's one place that you can look at, one resource to help you with your gardening. The other resource um, are nurseries. Mm-hmm. You know, I know in Arizona, they were fabulous. We had um, mesquite growers and mesquite valley growers. And my husband and I used to go up there um, when we were landscaping because xeriscaping is very, very popular. You know, and it's it's a kind of a an appreciation of uh, using the, the desert landscaping. So instead of grass, you know, we use the small rocks. You know, you have more rock gardens and cactus. And, and you can grow cactus, but they are just a wealth of information in your local nursery. Because I know when we first moved to, tech, uh, to excuse me, to Tucson, all our plants were dying. And so the when I went up to the nursery, I was so upset. And he said, you know, are you from back east? And I said, I am. He said, how often are you watering your plants? And I said, well, they look so thirsty. I'm watering them every day. He said, you're killing them. You're, you're killing them. These are drought-resistant plants. Water them only once a week. And it just killed me to do that, but he was absolutely correct. And so, and they use drip irrigation. Most um, people, when they ma- landscape their yard, they put in drip irrigation, which is a highly effective way to irrigate and water your yard. So, you know, never don't underestimate, you know, the the resource of your local nursery too when you're when you're looking for stuff for your garden. And a lot of them also do landscaping services. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to call a separate company. So if you like what you see at the at the you know the different kind of flowers that you see at your nursery, you can also ask them to come out and do an, an estimate for you for landscaping. That also includes retaining walls. If you want to maybe build a little pond in your backyard in addition to flowers, though they do a lot of different things in addition to just planting the flowers. Um, in California, the University of California is an excellent source of information um, because, you know, California is a big agricultural uh, area. And they give you free services that tell you what you can plant to help you out and uh, give you some valuable information. And, you know, I think it's also important, um, I don't, you know, to, to plant native species. Yeah. You know, I know, um, you know, here there's a big... Uh, 
what's the word I want, is that there's a big uh, awareness here in Dallas to plant native species. You know, and the native species do much better than the non-native, although I know California has non-native, like eucalyptus, but oh gosh, I and, love the eucalyptus. And palm trees. <laughs> and, and palm trees. <laughs> That's right, yeah. and palm trees. But And Arizona does too, even though they're not native. But, you know, you kind of, you know, under understand because they do do well in a dry climate. Yeah. But I know when we when I lived in our neighborhood in Tucson, they would not allow palm trees. We could not put any non-native species in our backyards or the front yards. So that's how they controlled that. Well, Lisa, I don't know if you um, if if we're going to talk about gardening apps. Mm-hmm. I know you were. If you're talking about landscaping, there is a great app that I found for the iPad. It's called Landscapers Companion. It's four ninety nine. It's you know, it's it's a five dollar app, but if you think about what you would probably pay for, you know, to go buy a book on landscaping, this way you have it right uh, at your fingertips. But this has a big plant database. I think people might like this if they're starting off with gardening, because it it um, it separates them down into the zones. So that's very important, you know, when you're planting a garden or thinking about designing a garden, or the you know what will grow in your particular zone in the country. And they have, uh, they talk about um, the plants, about the sun exposure, whether they need shade, partial sun, or full sun, the growing and blooming times, um, the plants, the height, and the, you know, the, the, the width of them. And uh, they also have a ton of photographs. So it really covers the gamut between trees, cacti, shrubs, fruit, vegetables, ferns, roses, flowers. So I think for $5, it's a really uh, good app. Now, it does have in app purchases. So if you want an online access to their uh, bigger database, it's like ten dollars uh, a month. Or for a more serious "quote unquote" master gardener, you can update to the Landscaper Pro uh, for nine ninety nine. That's a one time uh, in app purchase, and that will allow you to add your own plants, add your own photographs of your plants, and keep notes on your garden and plants. So. Once you download something from this app, though, you have to have internet access to, to make the download. But once you download it into your um, you know, little uh, favorite file, then you don't need internet access to or Wi-Fi access to access that info. So it's, it's really nice. I, I really like it. And it also gives you the watering table, which is really important if you're someone like me that thinks things need to be watered every day. So, And they also talk about deer-resistant. You know, that's another thing is deer... Deer do a heck of a job, you know, on plants. Um, and I know they need to eat too, but they used to kill my roses. But it also talks about if they're deer resistant, because in some places of the country, that's pretty important. So all around, I think it's a nice app for people that are need to have some tree information. You know, it's a it's a very comprehensive landscaping app. Speaking of of deer, I had heard that if you have a vegetable garden, mm-hmm. to keep the deer away, if you plant marigolds. Around yeah, them, I've heard that, that they I've don't that they too. don't like the smell of the marigolds. Yeah, I've heard that too, and that's a nicer way to do it than you know putting netting and right and insecticide and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and the region thing is really important too because you need to know not only if this particular plant is good for your area, but also when to plant it. And a exactly. good a good resource for that also is Better Homes and Garden magazine. Mm-hmm. 
The March 2013 issue of Better Homes and Garden is their garden issue. It's the annual issue where they talk a lot about different plants. And um, all year long, they have a big section, obviously, the name Better Homes and Gardens. But they also have a section with the, with the gardening. It, all, it, it will tell you when is a good time to plant this so that you know, well, if you live in this part of the country, wait until April. But if you live in this part of the country, you could do it as early as February or whatever. So that's also a good resource if you like something, um, you know, the physical magazine, or you can download it onto your iPad and check that out because they, and, and like you said, Suze, they always also use the Latin names of the plants. Yeah, and you know, I notice a lot of gardening magazines, if people just look up gardening, just type in gardening on the app store, on their iPad or their iPhone, a slew of gardening mm-hmm. magazines. Or, you know, we didn't, we're not going to cover it particularly in this podcast, but they have like a lot of or- organic gardening magazines and apps. Also, Mother Earth News you can uh, subscribe to on your iPad. So if people really want to have a magazine, they want it on their iPad, um, all they have to do is just type in gardening. And, you know, there's just pages and pages that will come up on gardening apps and magazines for them. Yeah, there's a lot. Vicki, what do you recommend? Well, <clears throat> if you want something a little cheaper than the Landscapes Companion that Suzanne mentioned, there's a Botany Buddy, and it's 99 cents. Uh, it's just like with Landscaping Companion, it's a database uh, with information you can use to look up plants that you're thinking about growing or uh, just to identify what the plant is. Uh you you sync it with the library and then like like with landscape companion you have it right there on your iPad. But for nine ninety nine you can also have an access to, um, a user interface in a database that's really huge. Uh, contains more than fit, the fifteen hundred uh, that you uh, plants that you get with the ninety nine cent one. Um, I don't think I don't pay nine ninety nine for that, but that's just me um, because there's some other apps that are. You know, 99 cents for the free that does essentially the same thing. But uh, it's pretty. It's a nice-looking app, and it's easy to use. Yeah. (laughs) Another website that you can go to, let me open it here, is called davesgarden.com. And it has, it says that it's a hands-down favorite website for gardeners around the world. It has forums. It has guides and information. Let's see. Um, it's got plant files, bug files, bird files, articles, freeze and frost dates so that you know when's a good time to plant and when to make sure that everything is out of the ground come fall. It has a landscaping database. It has a botanary list of Latin words, gardenology. It's just got a lot of resources to to help you with your with your, you know, gardening, with your choices. It has pictures of different, of different uh, floral arrangements that people have put together in their own gardens. It's, it's got a lot of, it's, um, you can log in and put your own information in. Like I said, it's got the communities, it's got the forums where you can ask a question or get some information. It's got everything from plants and uh, gardening blogs, gardening journals. You can trade with people. Uh, right now, it says there are almost 56,000 different plants listed by 16,000 different members. So this is another resource that's totally free and will have a lot of information in your search for uh, what's right for your neck of the woods. 
Don't you think gardening is becoming really trendy? I mean, seriously, I have never, I, I never remembered the amount of beautiful gardens. I mean, I, at least here in Dallas, you just drive down the road and people are really paying attention, you know, to their, the curb appeal of their house and their front yard. It, I don't know what their backyards look like, but the front yards are just spectacular. And I'm envious sometimes because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now how do they know to plant that particular, I think you have to have a vision. And I think that's why some of the apps or the, the websites that you know Lisa's sharing um, are able to give you that type of vision for your particular um, you know, garden. Maybe they, do, they go out and buy, uh, you know, they go hire a landscaper. I don't know, but some of them are just really impressive. Like with Barbie, she just has, Barbie uh, number, um, Adler, she has this fabulous uh, vision. It's, she's really an artist with her backyard. It's amazing. Um, that's what I want to achieve, too. I want to have be a little bit more artistic with my, my backyard, I guess. Yeah. It's so nice when you see someone, they just know to put this plant here and to put that plant there. And, yeah. and it doesn't look like, like I always feel like when I plant flowers, because when my kids were younger, I did put more flowers around the pool and around trees and different things like that. And I would spend maybe two, $300 just buying the flowers. Mm-hmm. And, but it always looked like, how do I put this? Um, it looked like I just put the marigolds there. And I put the petunias there and I put the geraniums there. You know, it's just like I just put them there as opposed to a cohesive, you know, looking looking cohesive and looking like, yes, that flower belongs there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the Japanese have a, a word for it, wabi-sabi, which means imperfect beauty. And I love gardens that look as if they're not really planned. It looks as if um, it's almost in a a beautiful state of natural chaos, but it all works. You know, it's not chaotic. You don't see any weeds. It's definitely cared and tended to, but I think that's just a, a, it's just a very beautiful aesthetic when I see gardens like that. Yeah. When you see them and they just go, wow, like that flower works perfectly next to that flower. Or when you look in a magazine or on, the, on mm-hmm. one of these apps and you see just a planter, you know, I got tired of spending so much money for a planter when for like a quarter of the price I could buy individual flowers and put them together myself, but they never flowed as nicely as the planter that I just went to the store, paid the 30 bucks or whatever it cost and brought it home. And it's like, oh, yes, that that green, you know, the greens that they put in, it works perfectly with the, you know, geranium or whatever. And the mix of flowers and the combination was perfect where... I would take a little of this and a little of that, and it would just look like I took something and threw it together. Well, I think the English have just such a great, um, the British um, gardeners have just such a great uh, pulse on, on gardening, too. I know when I've been to England a couple of times, um, their gardens are just breathtaking. And, I mean, they, they have, you know, not gardens and man, very manicured and uh, topiary within those manicured gardens or I, I prefer the more wild type gardens yeah. you know yeah. I, I just think and you know Texas I think has some really interesting uh, Lady Bird Johnson really uh, did a lot uh, promoting you know making Texas beautiful with wildflowers and you know in the spring it's just beautiful because you can go down certain roads in Texas and you'll just see wildflowers blooming everywhere really really beautiful you know, so I don't know. 
it's just like somebody just took a handful of wildflower seeds and just threw them out the window. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it as you're driving down the freeways in Texas. It's just like beautiful. It is. Yeah. Those blue bonnets and, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. And you know what's so great about gardens, uh, well-planned gardens, is that it's better than looking at an aquarium. You get an aquarium to relax. You sit in that environment and you just feel so calm, you know. And that's what I want in my backyard. I'm not there yet, but um, maybe one of these days I'll use one of these apps and it'll help. <laughs> I agree. And you know what's really important? I think what people don't think of sometimes about the other aspect is that you know, the pollination, you know, when you have a garden, you're really helping the pollinators, the natural pollinators, like the bats and the bees, you know, I know when we were in Tucson, we planted a lot of um, plants that hummingbirds really liked and that butterflies liked, and they were just beautiful. I mean, you could go sit out there and there'd just be swarms of butterflies. Yeah, it's, 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 it gives you a little shot of nature. You know, I think we all need that. Yeah. Well, like Vicki said, it's so nice to be able to sit outside, whether it's on your deck or your patio. Yes. And you're just you're just sitting there, you know, having a cup of coffee, reading a book, and you know, in the evening hours, and you're just surrounded by like the smell, the yes. smell of the flowers. I mean, I love walking into a flower shop and you just go, oh, this smells so yeah. good. It's a natural like, distressor. <laughs> like lilacs, I love lilacs. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's we used to have a lilac bush, like was kind of like near my neighbors, but they took it down. Um, but just being able to go outside and you smell the lilacs. I know. Oh. I love lilacs. I really do. I haven't smelled those for a while. Yeah. Or whatever your favorite flower is, just sitting outside and just enjoying the cool, you know, the nice air, sitting out, because I'd have a cup of coffee, read a book, sitting there with some friends, glass of wine, whatever. It's just, it just makes everything that much more relaxing. Yes. Yeah. And it makes it more of your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember growing up smelling honeysuckles that grew wild in our backyard. And it was, that was the beginning of spring to me when I could smell honeysuckles. Yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the way the lilacs are. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because, you know, when you think about your childhood, you think about, you know, certain smells. And you're absolutely right. You smell a lilac, it can transport you right back. You have the sense of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. The same thing with a honeysuckle. I, I agree. I, yeah. I think that very much so. For me, it was my grandmother's. She used to have some rhubarb, and I used to love. I love. I go picking the rhubarb, mm-hmm. and you know that's another thing. Kind of to segue into this next app, I'm going to talk about is vegetables. You know, I think with people becoming a lot more aware of organic vegetables and of the pesticides that the residual pesticides that are on our food, that to me, there's nothing um, more. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just wonderful to be able to go out into your backyard and to pick your own vegetables, you know, whether it's a tomato. I used to, in in Tucson, it was difficult. You know, we had a big vegetable garden in Maine, but not so much in Tucson, but we were able to grow patio tomatoes and peppers and jalapenos and things on our patio, which really did well. And we're looking, we're doing some raised beds, actually. We're starting to plant our vegetables here. I think they'll be okay. We don't, I haven't seen any deer in our neighborhood, so I think they'll be okay. But I think, you know, being able to grow some vegetables, even if people like to grow container tomatoes or, um, you know, peppers, those are great, just salad stuff. You know, at least it's uh, it's pesticide-free and you can be very careful about, you know, what you put on it. But... The, the app that I really liked is called Garden Minder, and it's a free app. 
And it's also available, uh, of course, for the iPad and the iPhone, but the Kindle Fire and the Nook. So for those of you that have other types of reading devices, you can download this on those as well. And it's more of a real teaching app. That's what I like about it. So you're able to plan your garden, and it has a bunch of how-tos. So it talks about, you know, preparing the soil for next year, building healthy soil, um, choosing supports for tomato plants, uh, dealing with slugs and, you know, all sorts of garden pests. And it has a journal. So basically you can take a photo from your um, iDevice and add a photo of your um, particular plant or vegetable. And you can keep track of things. It also sends you push notifications. So basically next week if you have to fertilize, it'll remind you to do that. I think it's just a really great app. I love the kind of watercolor rendition um, illustrations that go along with it as well. So I think for a free app, this is really great. And if you register the app, then they give you a $10 um, uh, coupon off of any order of $20 more at Gardener Supply. Now, the the actual... Um, I'm trying to think who put this out. Um, I think it's Green Mountain Digital. So that's the developer. But I like the fact that you it, it's very comprehensive. You can plan your garden. You can... Uh, they have like these little um, vegetables, these little illustrations, and they have like a little grid. So you can basically grid out your vegetable garden. They don't give you a lot of choice as far as the size on that, but you can pretty much get an idea, which is nice. So you can create your different gardens. You just, you know, uh, tap the green plus button and then off you go. So you can put your tomatoes and your beans and broccoli, whatever you want to do. And then you can basically um, learn about those vegetables, what would grow well in your particular area of the country. And then you have, uh, like I said, your reminders, and then you have your how-tos. So I think for a free app, it's excellent. Mm. So I would recommend anybody that's you know new to gardening or new to vegetable gardening to uh, maybe download this app. It's a really nice app. An app that might work hand-in-hand with that one is called Vegetable Garden Calculator. Mm-hmm. It's also free, and what you do is when you open it, you go to the lower right corner. It says your garden vegetables, and it says I need to feed X amount of people. So then you would just hit the button, and then you have anywhere from 1 to 20 people. So let's say if I put in five people, I go back to my vegetables, and I say that I want to plant cucumber. If I click on cucumber, it says plants needed per person two. So that means I know if I have five people, I need to buy 10 cucumber plants in order to feed my family. And then underneath it, it says extra yield info. You might want to grow more cucumber if you are planning on doing a lot of pickling. And I think the other one I went to was, and then you can keep it if it's, you know, you you would click it if you wanted to keep that in in your list. If I click on radish, it says I need seven plants for radishes per person. Extra yield info, because radishes mature quickly, radishes make a good intercrop along with slower-growing vegetable plants. For continuous harvest, make additional plantings every week or two until temperatures average in the mid-60s. You can once again begin planting in the fall. So this gives you a little bit of tidbits, but it gives you a little bit of an idea of how many plants. And if you know that maybe only two people in your family like radishes, you don't need to plant 35. Maybe you only need to plant 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a pretty good idea of how many plants you need based on the people in your family. 
and again, it's free. So it's it works hand in hand with uh, with your Garden Minder app. Yeah, definitely. That would be a good one. Yeah. Okay, my uh, next one is a app that I found I had on my iPhone. Um, I don't know when I put it on there, but I looked to see if there was any updates, and it hasn't been updated since 2009. Um, I used it for a little while. <clears throat> I thought I was going to grow some container plants or something. And, uh, and what I liked about it is that it was really simple. Um, it is. It has a database of plants like all the other ones do, but it provides instructions on how to take care of them. And he also had a website that you could use in pro to uh, your progress of your of garden. And the last update, it allowed you to take pictures of your garden so you can have that and add notes and to-do lists and everything. But the problem is, and the criticism of it is that uh, you can only use that app to take pictures. Um, you can't use the iPhone pictures that you already have to add to the app. And the fact that it hasn't been updated since 2009 is a downer. It's only 99 cents, but it's really simple, easy to use. You can do journals, you can have pictures of everything and track what's going on in your um, garden. His website is still there, but I haven't seen any, any new information, so maybe he's no longer working on this. But um, it's, it's by Jeff Hill, Gardening by Jeff Hill is the name of the app. Huh. And you said, when was the last update? Uh, 2009, and I think I got it in 2010. So it was, you know, but I just saw it. It was it was 99 cent, and I thought, oh, this is simple, and I don't want anything too complicated. And, um, he did have a website, and I took a couple pictures of my garden, but I got really disillusioned because uh, the next pictures I took, the plants were dead. <laughs> Oh, gee. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that was the progress. We really are sisters, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't mean you get her iPad mini. Just, it's just, true. Oh, oh, oh well. I'll, I'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. Well, when I was, um, I mentioned to you about, you know, some of my friends knowing the, um, the Latin names of everything and how they know everything about everything about flowers, which is a little intimidating. And I found this app. It's very interesting. It's by Dr. Alan Armitage, and he's quite well known in the botanical world. And he has an app. It's four ninety nine. It is a universal app, though, so it'll be work for all your eye devices if you decide to purchase it. It's a five star app. Everybody's given it five star reviews, and it's called Armitage's Greatest Perennials and Annuals. And when you open the app, basically it tells about the author. It has some of his videos on YouTube and the link so you can go to that. Uh, he has his rules for gardening. But then it goes down and it starts telling you have just this vast, vast encyclopedia of, of plants. It's, it's overwhelming. But they give you the botanical name and the regular name, which is really nice. But he also, um, there's plenty of photographs. So you know, you can look for color, which is really nice because we were just talking about color. So say, for instance, if you wanted to work with some color around the front of your house and you definitely wanted, you know, some uh, violet and you, and you wanted, you know, a deep fuchsia and yellow, you could basically look at it. What's really nice is the way this is laid out. You can choose the plant that you want. It will give you the botanical name and the common names 
what where it needs to be. So full sun or partial shade, uh, the height of it, because that's really important if you're planting, the colors that it comes in. So, you know, if you like a particular plant and it, uh, you know, you, the photo shows the red version, it's nice to know if it has a yellow version because that might work better. And then why he, um, he has basically a favorite of his and why it makes his cut to be in this particular app. So it's a really nice app for uh, people that really want to take their gardening to a, another level and learn more about the plants and what to put in their gardens. So... He also gives you some hints, you know, to successfully grow that particular plant. Uh, I thought it was interesting how um, there's one plant. It's an ornamental pepper, which is called um, capis, capiscum. I, the, I know it's capisacin, the, the hotness of the pepper, because when I was in nursing, we used to use capisacin cream. But he basically said that even though they're easy to grow, um, have a glass of milk or a a pint of beer ready, if you bite into one, they're that hot. So you definitely want to take the coolness out of it. I mean, the hotness out of it. I just think it's a very, very nice app. Um, it's 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 just, it's a very stable app, and it's beautifully rendered. I, I would definitely recommend this app for anybody that, you know, wants to start, um, like I said, bringing their gardening to to a different level. And he's very, you know, he's very well respected, and it's a, it's a really robust app. So, so there's a there's another app that kind of goes along with the vegetable calculator. It's it's made by the same company, and this one is called Vegetable Planting Calendar. So once you've decided what it is that you want to plant, you just need to know when can I plant it. And it has the same list of the different the different vegetables with a symbol next to it. And the symbols are there's four different symbols, and depending on it says it can handle a hard frost and can be planted before the frost. It can handle a light frost and be planted around the last frost. It can handle high temperature and be planted during summer, or it can handle moderately high temperature and can often be planted during mild summers. So you'll know, based on the symbol next to your next to the plant, when it can it, it can be planted. Like the asparagus, for example, says it, and it gives a little bit of information about um, you know the plant crowns in four to six weeks. But it's got uh, like a snow symbol and a sun symbol, which would be it can handle the hard frost and it can handle high temperatures. So that, you know, if you live in a colder climate, you can handle asparagus, for example. So that's just another little free app that might help you as far as when to plant your your different vegetables. There's a lot of vegetables on here. I didn't count them, but there's a lot on here. Some I've never heard of, like salsify. Or Scorzonera? Scor- Scorzonera, I think? No, I have not heard of that. S-C-O-R-Z-O-N-E-R-A? No. It kind of looks, it looks is like... Is it an herb? It kind of looks like a... I'm not sure if it's a... I'm looking at the picture of it. I can't tell if it's supposed to be like a carrot or if it's more like a um, like a ginger root. More of an herb, yeah, like I said, more of an herb or a spice kind of a thing. I, I really don't know. But it says mm. vegetable, so it must be edible. Well, that's necessarily true because it has sage on here. Sage and savory, too. See, that, and herbs are a great way to, for people to start off. If they can't go into a full-blown garden or if they live in an apartment or condo and they don't have, you know, room. Or, you know, having container herb gardens are fabulous. You know, just rosemary. Rosemary is really hardy. 
lavender is great. You can grow chives. I, I love herbs. Oh, and you know, Trader Joe's always has basil out right now. And I always have a couple basil plants going because I throw it in. I throw basil into everything, fresh basil leaves. I adore it. I really so. should try that. I keep saying I will and I never do, but. You should. It's, uh, I promise you, Lisa, if you just water it, basil will grow. You just have to water it. Oh, it that there, therein lies the rub. <laughs> now, last year I was really good about watering. I kept telling my husband, "See, because I, I did the same thing. I bought, um, I went to Lowe's, and I bought a raised bed container. It was like a kit. It's just a plastic. I forget how big. I want to say maybe four foot by two foot, something like that. And then I went and I bought the dirt. You know, I brought everything home, opened it up. It told me what I needed to buy. Went back and bought the dirt and everything else it told me to buy. And I bought, I want to say, three or four tomato plants. Way too much for that particular space. This was two summers ago. Way too much for that space. So last year, I just bought one tomato plant, which was more than enough for that space. The only problem was there was some sort of insects that would get to the tomatoes. So half the tomatoes were... I would look at them and I'd say, oh, this is beautiful. It's red. It's ready to pick. And then I'd look at it and go, ew. Because it was can, eaten by something. I can tell you, it's the hornworm. I never have seen a hornworm. When, I, I couldn't believe it. My tomato plants, about a year ago, started getting really bad. This was in, back in Tucson. And my husband said, Susan, you're not watering the plants. I said, yes, I am watering the plants. Well, I went out and looked at those plants one night. I have never seen such a big, it's not a caterpillar, it's a huge worm. I, it, it just freaked me out. I mean, this thing, and I'm not exaggerating, if you go online, you can look them up. They go on the underside of the tomato leaves, so they're hard to find because they're the same color as the tomato leaf. But I ended up picking off seven of them. <gasps> And they're huge. They're probably about three inches, and they're fat. They're really fat. Of course, it was eating my tomato plants, and they have little horns on the on their on the front of their uh, head. And you you have to remove those. Uh, they'll just kill the plant. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I I could not believe. So they must have been on my plant for quite a while, because they almost devastated the entire plant. So we were able to you know get them off and. You know, we refertilized everything. We used organic fertilizer, and my tomato plants luckily did come back, but we didn't get nearly the tomatoes that we normally do. So, you know, my grandmother always used to use like vinegar. She always, you know, vinegar and water. She always used kind of um, natural products with her tomato leaves. And I need to look up if they have hornworms here. I'm assuming they do. And usually I think you just pick them off. I think that's one of the things. You just pick them off and, you know, put them in, I don't know, soapy water to drown them. But, um, you know, there are a lot of natural types of remedies, you know, for pesticides if people don't want to use. So just spraying vinegar and water onto the leaves? Yeah, she. that's what she used to do. She used to spray all her, she had great vegetables, and she used to just spray them all with like a vinegar and water mixture. I find that, um, you know, with houseplants, if you have like little, if you get these little white dust and stuff like that, I do the same thing. I clean the leaves off with a very dilute amount of um, just apple cider vinegar and water, and it, clean, you know, it takes care of it. Because my neighbor decided to give me an orchid, and I have been freaking out because I, I thought orchids were very hard to grow. And so now I'm trying to educate myself on orchids. So then they gave me another one because you're not, if you have one orchid, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to give it company. You're supposed to have two. And um, it's interesting because you only water orchids like 
uh, when they're dr almost dry. So basically once a week. And it's killing me not to water sooner because <laughs> I think the poor thing needs water. But no, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. Yeah. Well, you know, vinegar and water also works on slugs too. They don't particularly care for that. Oh, um, slugs. Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. Oh, yeah. Yes. Those are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hornworms must be in the same type. <laughs> Any kind of bug. Yeah. That's why I always have to wear gloves. I mean, people. a lot of people say, I just love the feel of my hands in the dirt. Oh, no. I get, no, I no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I get infections when touching the soil and stuff. I have to cover my hands. Oh, really? That's, that's I like not the it. feel of the dirt. Ooh, no. I go, yeah. well, I, I just buy everything at Lowe's. It's like, I, I haven't found that they're fine. I mean, I buy, yeah. I buy my... Um, tomatoes there i get the flowers there it's close by yeah and i always pick up a new pair of gloves because yeah, I, I'm, I'm allergic to something in the fertilizer just smelling it being around it causes me to get this itchy thing and i'm scratching and and i i just can't be around fertilizer i think it's because like my dad used to say i'm just lazy <laughs> it's just the fact i mean i don't mind touching the dirt it's just the bugs in the dirt like when you're when you're digging the hole to plant them and then like little worms go for oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. See, yeah. that doesn't bother. I I actually like bugs. I just don't. Um, and I don't like, like spiders bugs? or anything. Oh no no. Yeah, I, I, but I just don't like bugs eating my plants. That that annoys me. I just don't want them to eat my plants. But bugs don't actually bother yeah, me. Yeah. When it all. comes to bugs, I'm a girly girl. I'm not a. I'm not that much of a girly girl. But when it comes to bugs, I'm a girl. Spiders. I scream and run. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I'm a girl, and I don't scream and run at bugs. I, I love bugs. You I know, don't scream and run. Ones, I just don't I want scream them to and touch run. me. <laughs> the only bugs I kill are ticks, mosquitoes, flies. But I won't, I, I, you know, um, I don't want to ever kill a bee. Although, in Arizona, it was very hard because the, the bees are Africanized, and they're, they're a lot more aggressive. And they tend to, like right now, this time of year, they tend to swarm, so they... They're looking to, you know, um, rehive somewhere, and they bring the queen. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. There's been like thousands of bees on our tree outside, so we did have to call an exterminator. And what they do is they just put uh, soapy water with just a tiny bit of pesticide, and they just soap them down. And I hated to do that, but you know, if they sting you, they they can. If they yeah. if they swarm on you, they can kill you. But that's the, bugs that's the only insect I'm not afraid of is a bee. Yeah, I'm, and, yeah. and tarantulas, I love their beautiful, <gasps> oh my beautiful God. bugs. See, I I really don't mind bugs. I never have. I've always been very interested in entomology. I think they're really amazing. And I think you know when you you're in these really harsh environments like you know uh, the, the extreme cold and extreme heat and to see how they survive and what they do to survive. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I think they're I interesting know. but I just don't want them to touch me. <laughs> they're interesting over there. Oh yeah. god, you guys! Not in I my house. I guess maybe I was a tomboy because I was always collecting bugs and looking at them. I still am like that. Yeah. You know, my my son who's an arachnophobe, you know, when he first came to to, to Tucson, he thought everything was like a brown recluse. I'm like, oh no, it's not. It's this wolf spider. No, it's not. It's this type of spider. He's like, Mom, you said it's no, gonna kill him. <laughs> I know. You're not killing a spider. I never kill a spider. I usually always try to bring bugs you out. You can always get them out of the house. You know, the, yeah, the key always, is to get rid of that web, and they eventually go away. <laughs> yeah, they don't bother me. Yeah. Okay, my last one is the garden tracker. <laughs> Um, I know Susan, you were talking about uh, not um, planting tomatoes, and it was the plot wasn't 
was too small or too big, whatever. Well, this um, app allows you to uh, plot your garden and you can have up to a 50 by 50 plot, like on a grid. It lets you track the days that you water. It has stuff like the sunset, sunrise calendar, lunar calendar. Um, You can have a garden zone for your map, for uh, a map zone for your garden. It even has a pest database. So it's an all, uh, it's, it's a good way to track um, your garden and plant it. Um, it is a dollar ninety nine and it's by portable databases. I have a friend that told me about this one. I have not used it, but she really likes it. And I uh, got what she said about it that she did not like. Oh, it's about, um, uh, she has the iPad one and it mm-hmm. is uh, sort of slow on the iPad one and it worked pretty fast on my iPad. Uh, so, which is the iPad mini. So, um, I don't know what's going on with that, why it's so slow, but it's probably something with how they coded it or something. Um, but it's a dollar ninety nine. It's not that expensive. And no, if you want to plot bad. your garden out, that's a great way to do it. And then the uh, a couple other websites that I really won't talk about, but I'll just mention here is the National Garden Association. Garden.org has a lot of information on there. And if you love catalogs, if you're still one of those people that loves to have the catalog to thumb through, Cindy's Catalog of Garden Catalogs, www.gardenlist.com, has a bunch of different catalogs uh, based on the plant. Based, you know, there's just a bunch of them that you can um, you can look up and you can order either by mail or by phone. Um, some of these have websites I'm looking at. And they also give you, some of them have a little bit of information like um, minimum orders, if you have to do a minimum order, if you have to pay for the catalog, whatever. So that's another another resource. And like Suze said, do just do a Google search on gardening. If you're looking for more generic information or if you're looking for something specific, gardening plus orchids, gardening plus vegetables, whatever. So... Yeah, I, I have found it. There's forums. I mean, there's a whole orchid forum that has really helped me as far as, you know, what to do with orchids. My my last um, app is very similar to Vicky's. It's called Garden Planner HD, and it's three ninety nine. It's a little bit pricier than that. But, you know, skeuomorphic um, apps, you know, which basically are the apps that mimic um more analog type things in our life. This is very similar to that. It looks like a journal. And I love journals. You know, I remember when um, I used to have like a little, you know, composition book when I had a garden in Maine just so I could keep track of everything. But this has a really, really nice database of herbs and fruits and vegetables. And it gives you all the information on how to grow it. It tells you, it gives you a chart on when to sow it indoors, to sow outdoors, and to, when it's ready for harvest, which months. It, you can add vegetables or herbs to your favorites, and it has a really nice photograph of them. And also, it has issues. So basically, it gives you uh, information on um, pest insects, so like aphid or a red spider mite or tomato blight, if we're talking about tomatoes, diseases that you need to look out for, animals that are would be attracted to that. It uh, also allows you to... Um, in this journal, um, put the date that you planted it, the type of variety it is, 
if it was successful or not. So you, you can have these, you know, this journal over the years, what worked and what didn't in your garden. And it, it allows you to uh, make specific notations and take photographs to add uh, pictures to it. And it keeps track of your days to harvest, you know, through the whole thing. And then when you look at one of the pages, um, it will, you can basically put rows of what you have in a particular garden bed, which is really nice. I just think um, it's a very nice app for $3.99. It's, it's beautifully rendered. And again, it's that, you know, skeuomorphic interface, which I really like. And it divides it into the vegetables you have planted, the fruits you have planted, and the herbs you have planted. So um, I think for $4, it gives you a lot of different information. And it does really go in depth about the pests and how to treat it, which is really nice as well. So that's uh, Garden Planner. And it's by, um, oh, it's by Creative, is it Creative Matrix? Clever Matrix. Sorry. Yeah, Clever Matrix, LTD, I think. And it's three ninety nine. So it's a good $4 if you want to basically have an app that gives you information, but you're able to do a little bit more as far as journaling and have a, you know, a calendar of when, when things need to be sowed and planted and everything. It's, it's nice. Hmm. Nice app. Okay, so I hope we've given you some ideas for your vegetable gardens, your flower gardens, some information that you can can help you along with the process. Um, Vicki, I think you and I have some work to do. Yeah. Go yeah. forth and plant. Go. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing, the funny thing is because, because it's nice out now, I had to stop at the Lowe's that, that's near me. And first of all, I was driving by and I said, that can't be. And then when I drove up, like, you've got to be kidding me. Just because it's nice out, they have plants out already. Their garden center is open. <laughs> and these weren't plants for Easter that, you know, these weren't the kind of plants that you're just going to pick up to bring to someone as an Easter present. These were actual hanging baskets and flowers. It's not ready. That's, that's, what, ha- See, that's what happens when you live up where I, where I am in upstate New York. As soon as you get a nice day, People are okay. Let's go outside and start planting. It's not time yet. I mean, I have the itch too. You know, you want to get outside. You want to make your yard stuck. Yes, you can go out and rake, pick up some dead branches, pick up some of the leaves that are still hanging around. Yes, you can do that. You can't plant yet because, like I said at the top of the show, it's going to be 37 degrees on Tuesday. You can't plant they, anything. They got now. all those flowers shipped up from South America somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and it's they not sell time. Them. <laughs> it's okay to put a plant yeah. in your house. It yeah. is not. A, it is not time yet to plant outside. outside as much yeah. as we get the itch because you have the nice weather. Maybe in three weeks, maybe mid to, mid to late April, we'll be able to do that. But not now. Not no. not here. Not here, at least. I so. hate to brag, but we can pretty much plant uh, something now <laughs> year round. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Yes, you can. That's that is the benefits of you know one of the benefits of living in California. I totally agree. Yeah, no, I agree. We, when we went to visit um, back in the nineties, we went to visit an aunt in San Francisco. It was April, but she said she could have a garden pretty much nine to ten months out of the year. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, cherry blossoms are blooming yeah. like crazy right now. Oh, that's gorgeous. oh here here as well. Uh, yeah. The cherry blossoms and they have mm-hmm. a. a uh, a little tree called the red bud, which is, you know, beautiful. And the flowering plum, which are purple, purple flowers. Really exquisite. I haven't ever been near cherry blossoms like this. It's really impressive. 
because you know in Maine and New England, uh, at least probably with the apple blossoms, that's very pretty, very similar to cherry blossoms, you know, with the white flowers. That's probably like a magnolia. Is it like a magnolia? My neighbor had a magnolia at one time. They they took it down, um, but one time there was a magnolia tree. No, they're big. Beautiful. Magnolias no, tend no. to be large. Maybe those harsh, really big uh, leaves too, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do yeah. the huge they're, leaves. They destroy your lawnmower. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Never thought of that. It You're was pretty to right. look at. Yeah, my mom <laughs> loved them, so we had them out in our yard. Yeah. Okay, so with that, we're going to um, end this podcast for this week. We hope that you enjoyed it. And if you have any suggestions for any gardening apps or vegetable apps or websites, please feel free to leave it on our website, uh, 3geekyladies.com, the number three spelled out. And you can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. And all of the information to contact us is in the show notes. And we would love it if you would join our Facebook group and leave a comment or a star rating in iTunes. So for Vicki and Suze, thank you for listening and happy gardening. Goodbye, everyone. feeling about this the app minute podcast your one stop for reviews of ios apps and apple related gear i like the sound of that i'm glad you're here to tell us these things join us on the app minute podcast on the stoplight network even han solo thinks we're cool this is ridiculous <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. What? Count me in. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Mm-hmm.